and welcome to The Shimmer. I'm John Bradley. And I'm Brian Batiste. And today we're going to talk about another uh, shoot the shit episode type idea thingy. I was literally going to be like, and I'm Brian Batiste. What are we talking about again? Literally nothing, uh, but everything at the same time. It's just been a busy week, couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know the last time that we actually got together because we did podcast magic where you heard episodes weeks after we recorded them. I... I feel like I've watched eh, I've watched some movies I've watched a lot of TV shows but then yeah. ultimately I've been like plexing yeah <laughs> I mean so full confidentiality is that correct usage uh full being fully transparent transparency uh in all confidentiality that's the word I would be thinking yeah or comp I don't fucking know um it's a busy, busy time for good indie wrestling as well as like, I think you're busy as fuck. I'm pretty busy outside of watching. Yeah. And then beyond that, it's been a really good time for TV. Very good time for TV. And like, what am I going to go to the theater to see that we, like, I feel like there are movies that I was like, we could talk about this, but it's stuff where like you wouldn't like it or you have stuff that I wouldn't like. And I wouldn't, even if I did kind of like it, it isn't like podcast worthy. I guess I'll use this to, to start us off. Yeah. I'm going to probably see it the next week. Okay. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. But you say I should. You shouldn't. wanted to go like right into that or do you want to save that? Uh, it doesn't really matter. We could, yeah, I've been on a it. Tarantino roll lately. Let's open so. the Great Divide immediately. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Or did you want me to go? Uh, well, all right. So I, you know, that movie dropped. Um, I went back and I never really watched the anything outside of the first 20 minutes of The Hateful Eight. So I went and watched the Netflix supercut, which is like way longer, and it's divided into four chapters, like episodes. Yes. So I watched that, and then I was like, hey, I haven't seen Django either. So I downloaded Django, and then I watched Django, and then I watched the second half of Inglorious Bastards, and that was pretty much it, because I don't care that much about Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Right. I feel like maybe I've seen Jackie Brown. Maybe. Right. I don't care to really. Yeah. Cause it's, I have this weird thing with like certain movies. If they're older movies and I haven't seen them at a certain point growing up when they weren't so old. Yeah. Now I'm like, eh, I've already gone this far. Fuck it. I have that same idea, but then I feel like I need to watch it. And then I, the whole time I'm watching it, I wonder if um, the reason it's not clicking with me is because I didn't see it when it came out. But even like movies that came out like a couple years ago, like I watched Whiplash and I was like, everyone freaked out about this. But for some odd reason, I just didn't connect with it. Yeah, I watched it. I was like, oh, this is a thing. And I was like, is it a thing that was worthy of like crazy Academy Award? Like people freaked out about that movie. Yeah. Drums and stuff. Cool. (laughs) J.K. Simmons Maybe because we play drums, it takes that like idea of the storyline away from us where we're like oh yeah like i get it he drum hard and it is fast and good and jk simmons is really mean to him yeah so Uh. okay my history with Tarantino. um obviously like as a teenager i thought that he was really fucking cool he fits that market of i like movies and i want to like movies more or i want to like know more about movies but I also don't want to, like, study movies, if that makes sense. I'm trying to Correct. find the mic placement yeah. correctly. My fucking stand keeps... Dude, it's all good, bro. Okay. Um, so it's one of those things where, like, it's a hard middle point. And if, it's very similar to Wes Anderson to me, where, like, style versus substance comes up with Quentin Tarantino movies. Like, how much is the story affecting the movie 
versus you're just seeing a bunch of cool shit. Like, is he just a heavy metal band or a hardcore band that has really good breakdowns and that's the whole song? Yeah, just that's what mosh it's like. parts. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, like, he's also decently offensive. And it's something where, like, when we were younger, we didn't really understand, and obviously with the culture and everything that's changing, the more and more you understand about, like, oh, where white people, and I'm speaking as a white person, uh, can be wrong and, like, do the wrong thing, not do the right thing. Uh, get the get the joke. Did you get the joke? Uh, no. It's a Spike Lee movie. Do the uh, right thing. Dude, the only Spike Lee movie I think I've ever seen is uh, Black Klansman. Uh, do the right thing is amazing. But okay, so kind of fall in the wheelhouse of like, eh, no, I think you. Far. I feel like you would like it. Uh, but I feel like with Quentin, it's one of those things where, obviously, this is coming from an idea of like in the field of capitalism, we show what we support with our pockets or with our wallets. And I have gotten to a point before this. I was already at a point where I was like, I don't even know if I like him. I don't even know if he's actually producing good work or if it's just spectacular and like majestic work in a body of shit because like if you look at especially Pulp Fiction and all those other ones it's that indie major label movie it's that indie movie that had funding and made a crack or a dent in like the whole landscape of the box office at the time yeah is it really good I don't know I haven't seen it in years (laughs) So I think that that's the other thing. Like people watch those movies when they first get into movies and then they love them. And it's like, when's the last time somebody who says Pulp Fiction is great has watched it? Is it still good? Uh, but the main thing that I mean about like uh, voting with your wallet type idea is he has been connected to a lot of really shitty stuff that we have like, I hate to use the word canceled, but for a lack of a better term, like canceled Those days are people. behind us. But like, you can't be canceled anymore. You can I mean, only be you, shamed online. You can be shamed, and I can choose not to support you financially, which Correct. then eventually is like my choice. But with Quentin, it's one of those things where like, I have problems with him as a director and as a storyteller that I can get into, which are very much like a lot of his stuff is an original. A lot of it is an homage to other people's work, which is just a debate that's plagued him since he was a kid or mm-hmm. since he was like new. Um, but then with the morality of it it's like all right well dude you can't tell me he had no idea what weinstein was doing and if we're gonna sit here and agree that weinstein is the monster that he is quentin was his best friend and weinstein probably cut him in on feet pics to keep him quiet so that's the other thing that i didn't even get to is like there are so many things that we give quentin tarantino a pass on being white and saying the n-word writing the n-word having like this very grotesque foot fetish that I'm not fetish shaming, but like he's 100% using his power. Now, full on, he's just like, ah, you know what this is. Fuck He's it. 100% using his power as like now. the like, man ah. on the mantle, no pun intended, um, to do, to like facilitate his desire for feet shots, uh, which is comparable or comparable to like a photographer, a male white photographer in the Instagram age being like, I'm going to go shoot some semi nudes and call it art. Uh, beyond that, also, did I say that he's super white and super N-word and, like, writes characters just so he can say the N-word on screen, which is, like, kind of a question of morality? Eh. 
I mean, like Django. I mean, you know, I haven't seen Django, but like Pulp Fiction, it's all over the place. Like it's ninety four. Yeah, but that that becomes like the discussion where it's. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that the place I sit on it is. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it uh, is. Don't watch Django because right. it is and everywhere. I have it. I haven't seen Leonardo a movie DiCaprio of his DiCaprio is a real since, scumbag in that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen a movie of his since Inglorious Bastards. Um, and not, like, for a real reason. Like, I haven't been, like... Once it's Inglorious Ho- Bastards with slavery. Right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the first where I've been, like, I'm actively choosing not to. Because also it kind of falls into this whole pocket of, like, do I really want to romanticize murders that happened? <sighs> well... Thanks, Bowser. We'll get into that. But the other thing that I did want to say is like, there's also on top of that, I think I found the perfect, perfect spot. On top of that, um, there are also a lot of history, or there is a lot of history of him physically like writing scenes and stuff where he gets to assault and be violent towards women. Like there's a scene in one of the movies, it might be Hateful Eight. It might be Django. I don't know where like somebody, a character strangles a woman and he was like, I need it to be me. I need to be the one strangling her, not the actual actor that's playing the character that's supposed to be strangling her. It has to be one of the old ones then. Uh, and then it also, there's the whole story that Uma put out where she was like, yeah, he made me fucking drive that car that could have killed me. And I explicitly told him I want nothing to do with that car. And he's like, no, nah, baby, please just drive this car for me. On top oh, of, yeah. Like, there's the thing with Quentin that I think is how he gets away with it is there are so many small pieces. Like there's the whole uh, fucking 106 and Park interview where he goes on and it's a like majorly or majorly black show and he puts on a black scent with like Samuel L and everybody else and Jamie Foxx when he was promoting Django and it just goes full very obvious black scent and you're like oh okay this is awkward. Oh Quentin. <laughs> so it's like stuff. I think that's you. You put it perfectly. So often we're like oh Quentin. But if somebody did, like, all of those small things in one type of bad thing, we would be like, yo, that dude is problematic. So I'm guessing, like, my point, and again, it's not really, like, a debate. It's just, like... Some people get passes and some don't, and why? And that's why I I do apologize for being like, oh, don't. But I guess in text conversation, me being like, ah, don't. I'm not sitting there like, hey, I'm making your choice for you. I'm just like... We're talking. We're shooting the shit. Yeah, it's just one of those things like I want, much like right. the other movies, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch that. And then like, I just don't. And then I'm like, eh, right. I'll watch it eventually. And I don't really mean like, and when I said don't, I didn't mean like, I'm going to make your choice for you. And I yeah. hope you understood that. But like, yeah. I'm just more like, ah, oh, you really shouldn't, which I guess there's no way to I've talk. I've almost gone like five times and I'm like, ah, do I feel like sitting for two and a half hours in a theater right now? No. And I've heard that it's good, but I also have heard from those people that say that it's good that there's still, like, super obvious foot fetish stuff, that there's crazy shit where, like, Margot Robbie's not getting the lines that, like, she would normally for how big of an actress she is. All this stuff. Her part's not as big as it actually is. That's what I'm understanding. It's like, and... Yeah. I get, I mean, without even spoiling what, I don't know what happened, but it's, I'm, it, obviously, it ends up being, like, Inglorious Bastards. It's, like, revisionist. They yeah. change up the entire yeah. story. Charles Manson is literally barely, if at all, in the movie, more than what you've seen him. Basically, he's getting... A giant pass for somebody that I feel like shouldn't. And when it comes to where I put my money, that's where it is. But and obviously, now, like, I'm not making a big stink about it, but this is the podcast where I get to speak and talk about those stuff. And the next one, Kill Bill Volume 3. So this is where I'm very interested if this happens. Um, because he's also saying it's that gonna be either Star Bill, Trek... 
he has he's working on a Star Trek script, but he also might do Kill Bill Volume Three, or if he came up with the right original story, he would do a horror movie. Which apparently there's a good scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that is very tense because he's always wanted to make a horror movie, yeah. and Death Proof is the closest he came, even though it's not really a horror movie. Yeah, it's like another like action revenge movie. Yeah, um, I watched that not even realizing it was a Quentin Tarantino movie because I went and saw that uh, Grindhouse double feature yeah. thing he did with Robert yeah. Rodriguez. Same. And all I cared about was uh, Planet Terror. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is this two and a half hour movie of talking and then like a crazy car is chase? Is it two and a half? Two hours maybe? Oh, I, I thought know. the Grindhouse Oh man, Pug's was, going off back was there. both. I thought it was just like you get Planet Terror and Death Proof, but I might be wrong. I think the other, in theaters they did it that way and then the home video they released it. Bowser, come on, man. I don't know. Have some respect. I think that the thing that I do, uh, like, I do commend him for is that he has brought audiences into film. He's like the Blink-182 or Weezer of cinema. He helps a lot of people be like, oh. It gets more people into the movie. Yes. He helps a lot of people realize that they're more interested in film than just seeing Transformers. Um, And he also does put a lot of emphasis on writing good dialogue. And he's not bad at it. I think that's where he gets the passes. Overall, he's not bad. Like, he's not bad at what he's doing. It's just, like, you can find better cinema. It's just not as promoted. I just think that it's one of those deals where, and obviously, like, we have the same idea with music as well, and it seems super elitist, but it's one of those deals where when I hear people be like, yo, I really like this movie, I want to be like, oh, let me show you this instead. Yeah. Like, cool, I'm glad you found happiness with it. I don't want to come off as that shitty, like, bro dude, but also... Don't watch. Don't support Quentin Tarantino. You're not like that. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, kind of I am, but I also, like, just mean, like, I would show you something cool. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm not, like, anything I've seen from him, I'm not like, this is fucking great. Like, even Django, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool to see, like. I thought you were going to speak for way longer than that, and that's why I took a uh, sip. uh, (laughs) I took a sip of beer, and I thought you were going to, like, so even, and I was like, all right, let me take this sip, and then you're uh, done, and I was like, okie (laughs) dokie. It is funny the parts he gives himself in his movies, though. Yes. Which, in Hateful Eight, he's just uh, the narrator. Yes. Which, that's weird, but it, it came off, like, at some point, there's just, like, this scene is called, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Right. This has happened. This has happened. This has happened. While so-and-so is talking about his dingus and all this other shit, mm-hmm. this guy just poisoned the coffee, but only one person saw it, and that's why this is called so-and-so's secret. Like... It's like weird, like, See, that like hokey that, spaghetti western shit. But the thing is, like, there's a big, not rule, I guess, but theory in filmmaking where you don't tell people, you show them. Like, that breaks that idea of storytelling. Like, you're storytelling and you're basically, like, storytelling in filmmaking is, I want to tell a story from point A to point B, no matter what happens. But I want to show you that story through dialogue, through action, through editing, through everything. But then when you have a narrator that fucking obviously saying it, it's like, it's literally what are we like doing a, here? It's literally like a 10-minute Samuel L. Jackson dialogue that doesn't leave him, where he's literally talking about, like, it's after the Civil War, and he's talking to some fucking, like, general about, like, that was there to, like, find his son that went missing, and it turns yeah. out Samuel L. Jackson killed the son, blah, 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 and he, like, made him, like, march through the fucking, like, snow, and he, he like, mouth-fucked him, did all this crazy shit, yeah. and then it, 
here, while he was talking about that, here's what was happening in the background. And then they show all of it, but they don't yeah. show you like who did it. So it's still like a mystery. Like yeah. what's going on. It's almost, it's, it's very like the timeline jumps all over the place. And at the end it's like, ha here's why it happened. I and feel like pointless. Like it just ends weird. And you're like, Oh, cool. That's the other thing. And that's why so often I feel like movies that have a non-sequential order like that, like a lot of Pulp Fiction, a lot of like that type of Quentin Tarantino movie style. It's like when people come up with new CGI effects, it's neat. And then years pass and you're like, oh, you're still doing that dumb thing. That's boring now. We're on to this next thing. And you can't, like even when I was younger, you can't use those types of things as crutches for a good story. Because at the end of the day, like whether you edit that film into sequential order or not, is that story good? Is that story compelling? And again, I'm not saying that his movies aren't. I'm just like, don't use that as your gimmick. The gore is so over the top in Django, and I looked into it. I'm like, why does this look so cartoony? Like when people get shot, it's like, yeah. like, like yeah. seven foot tall, like blood squirts. He made all the effects guys like overpack the squibs like crazy, and they were putting like meat chunks and all that yeah. shit just to make it like over the top for no reason. Uh, Christoph Waltz shoots a horse in the head in the first three minutes. I know Peter fucking hates him. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, I think, like, sorry, I, man, how they get rid of your horse? I will say this, like this Quentin Tarantino probably is the biggest mountain in terms of like people that I will vocally be like, I have a hard time speaking about my, my frustrations with Quentin because he is probably the most famous person that still has the biggest following they do that I'm like bucking against the system about because I imagine that half of the people that turned this on probably already turned it off. If not, thanks. Uh, but it just sounds like I'm being that like social justice warrior. But I'm like, it's just a matter of like, look at it now instead of five years from now and be like, we shouldn't have supported that. Yeah. Because also, I still think that there's still so much more about the Weinstein and the actresses that lost their jobs because of powerful manipulation that we don't know about Quentin that we just keep sliding past. Dude, much like this bro that just. Jeffrey killed Epstein? himself in yeah. jail. Yeah. We'll never find, or maybe we'll find out, but probably not. The people that know shit will get fucking knocked out before we ever chance to, if, for the cards to fall. If you ever. life is wrestling. Like, if you ever got caught doing a history of fucked up shit, you would expect one of your best friends or partners to come out and be like, hey, I didn't know anything about that. Or like, Hey, I did, but this is what happened. Much like the Weinstein, everyone was like, yeah, we knew. Even still, like with the Uma Thurman story, he was, he just like kind of gaslit her and was like, I don't know. She don't know what we're talking about. I don't fucking know. She's crazy. Like Gwyneth Paltrow was like, oh yeah, he really creeped on me. Then Brad Pitt went to him directly and was like, don't ever fucking do that again. And yeah. But everyone's still doing movies with him. Like, ah, whatever. That's what I fucking mean. There's so many little stories. Like. Fucking, uh, Emil Hirsch is in this movie, is in Once Upon a Time. It's, I think, his first acting gig since 2015, not that long ago. Is he the dude where that he was in publicly, uh, Girl Next Door? He publicly choked an executive producer that was a female out in public in a bar where she passed out, and she left the industry. She left the film industry because she was like, I'm tired of people letting him win. I'm tired of that manipulative power oh yeah this is that guy is it and, yeah girl next door that dude and that wasn't even that long ago that was 2015 he was buying uh, troll hunters uh, he's been doing movies consistent uh, oh has he 
I could be completely wrong. I mean, I don't wrong. think they're like, you know. I could be completely wrong about the first Zoe acting. Kravitz in 2016, three in 2017. He yeah. did a documentary. No, he was in a documentary about Heath Ledger. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, what? And the same thing goes to anybody bringing in like Mel Gibson, anybody bringing anybody like that. Yes, cancel culture has its problems, but also you as a consumer, me, I'll put myself, I won't even say you, I as a consumer have my ability to say I'm not going to support something because you cast somebody that I think shouldn't be getting money. Yeah. It's just weird times, especially with fucking, it's weird times and then time is fucking weird because like Louis and I have probably a a new fucking Netflix stand up in like a year and everyone will be like, yeah. I would be very surprised if Netflix takes that dive. I wouldn't Maybe be not Netflix, but if, like someone's gonna. Well, I know that they got into a lot. I mean, not even that much heat. I know that they got into a little bit of heat with the Aziz thing because Aziz is on that line. Like, I think Aziz is more of a conversation and a clearer, easy to figure out conversation where you stand than Quentin. His new stand up is really good. In the first like it, 10 minutes, he like straight up talks about it. Yeah. And he's like mega serious about it. I'm like, all right. Which like, one thing Louis never did. And that's something that seems to be at the heart of everybody that does or doesn't have a problem with it, address it. That's his biggest problem, yeah, and he's just, like, making more jokes about it and, like, being And that's that's where I sit with Quentin. Dude, address it. Address it, and then we can talk about it. We can, like, you can't expect people to move forward healthily without addressing your past problems that have been outed. Mm -hmm. Versus just, like, his whole thing's probably, like, fuck it. He already has all the money. Right. So he can just fucking do small club shows. Just be like, all right. Played my people. Now I don't have to worry about it. It's still that matter of, oh, well, back in the day, I could just kind of wait two, three years and then move back on. And I think it is up to the consumer to eventually tell the corporations and uh, production companies, like, no, we're not going to let that shit slide anymore. Kevin Spacey reading that poem, whatever the fuck, in like Paris or some shit. Yeah. And obviously, like, these people are super fucking famous that I'm sure that there's still a whole pocket of people that, like... All his charges got dropped, too. Don't know that... I mean, again, with charges and court systems, it's hard to say what is and isn't true. And this is where it's really hard because you have people that were assaulted, that had witnesses, that had all of this background evidence, and it gets dropped because there's still the power of the, like, people in court that are more famous and are more powerful... It's not worth it. Ah, I'm not going to bring it up. I can't pay for the lawyers. When you really, the thing that really is like fucking insane about this whole thing is how many people in the film industry, in arts, in, I mean, this is all over the world, women or people of color that straight up like leave fields of work because of the manipulation and power that other men hold over them. See. Like that's what fucking creeps me about the Weinstein and the Quentin Tarantino stuff. Like how many, cause dude, how fucking, how many decades have we had it where like an actress, especially an actress pops up for two or three years is the hottest thing on the, on the planet. And then you never hear about her. And now we're finding out like, Oh, it's because somebody was like, yo, what's up? You're the big celebrity. Here's my wiener. I'm going to masturbate. Megan Fox. And like, you have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's just shit like that. That like, that creeps me out. Cre- creeps me out. Creeps me out. Creeps me out. Either way. Creeps me out. That's my thought on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, and Quentin. So, being that we haven't really watched any movies, yeah. we have been watching television. Tons what of TV. You, what have you been watching? Um, I have been watching. Bowser, do you want to get YouTubed? Stop. 
I'm so no one's gonna get that. Didn't know what that meant. <laughs> no uh, so I watched Euphoria. I watched Big Little Lies. We can dive into either. I thought both were really good. One better than the other. Um, I have three different beverages in front of me, so my burps are on target. Uh, but yeah, I rewatched all of Jersey Shore, all of it, completely uncensored. And by that I mean just cursing, no titties, nothing like that. Are they uncensored on Hulu? No. Okay, then that's I, why I downloaded them. But yeah. I was like, I can't fucking do this, and it's a totally different show. I need to watch it uncensored. Um, and then obviously Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I've I'm been watching not up. The Boys on Amazon. I need to watch that. Which, all right, quick pitch. We could talk about it in a later date yeah. if you get into it, and it's as cool as I think it is. Where basically picture a world where there's superheroes, everyone knows it, blah, blah, blah. And there's like a one major corporation, like an Apple, let's say, or an Amazon, whatever. Yeah. And they own and operate a conglomerate of superheroes known as The Seven. Okay. And um, basically it's like if a superhero, uh, they fuck up a lot. And they save a lot of people, but they also fuck shit up. Maybe get drunk. They fucking kill somebody by accident. And yeah. They pay off like the families of the loved ones to be like, um, here's $45,000, sign this NDA, and uh, we apologize. Sorry for your loss, but kind of stay out of it. So it's kind of like uh, Avengers Age of Ultron or Civil War. where I mean, like obviously not. Kind like of that. that premise, and there's, like, yeah. a, there's a group of people, that, which I'm only three episodes into this season right now, but uh, there's a, 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 a conglomerate of people, second time I've used that word in two minutes, that are like... We we can't stand for this shit. Like, there's yeah. watch this. They go. They, you know, they they show you like a club where people are like doing drugs, all this crazy shit, like out of the public eye, and they're like kind of <laughs> laughing, like yeah, I fucking killed that bitch by accident. Whoopsies, <laughs> <laughs> bad day. Like, it's very, uh, it's very, it's like if you combined like yeah, Captain America: Civil War with like Kick Ass and that kind yeah. of feel, where it's like vulgar, that kind of shit. Yeah, kind of gory. Yeah, the boys. That's on Amazon. Um, I do want to watch that. I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Uh, but that Premier League soccer just started. Boo. Nah, dude. What else? And then actual football is going to start for you. Um, College football is going to start. Oh, um, I update the WWE app now to make sure you get... I think that uh, the WWE app... Or like their thing specifically had that one pay-per-view that was just a glorified house show just to get people to update the app and log on and get familiarized before this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That shit uh, was sick. Smarkville? Smackville? No, I didn't watch that. I don't know. What are you talking about? Oh, the new the app. The app layout. It took some time getting used to it. Uh, Euphoria. So Big Little Eyes, you've seen parts of? I have no fucking clue at all what that show's about. Okay. Or who's in it. I or why there was a second season. Didn't know that there was a second season coming, and then when it started, a lot of people that I enjoy following on Twitter were talking about the second season. So I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe I'll like watch it." I don't know. Um, but then I asked a friend, and it was that same thing of like the first season was fun. It wasn't like amazing, but it was fun. Uh, the second season isn't ne- necessary. And apparently the only reason they made it was because uh, Meryl Streep was just straight up like, I watched the first season, thought it was good, wanted to be in it. I want to be in this now. Yeah. Make this for me. Which is actually very funny to think of like people that have that ability. Uh, I thought that the second season was fun. It didn't keep me hanging as much as uh, the first season. But also the story is so just wild to have all of those actresses in the same ensemble cast and like Adam Scott 
and then uh, I forget there was another big name in the se- in the second season, but Adam Scott with a beard, hilarious, yeah, very funny to see. Also, is he still effectively Adam Scott the entire time? He's one hundred percent Adam Scott the entire time, but it's perfect for that. Also, there's not enough said about HBO is killing it with songs right now, like song like theme like, songs, like uh, not exactly theme songs, <laughs> but just <laughs> soundtracking. <laughs> Barrio. Oh, not even theme songs, but just like the soundtracking. Obviously, hold each on, hold show. On, we got this. The the soundtracking and like I get every show has their own person doing music, not choreography, but you know what I'm saying. Um, oh yeah, mu- musicography. Musicography. <laughs> Musicize in those shows. <laughs> Obviously, like every show has a musicizer, but a musicizer, but it's just something about HBO shows where like the fucking jams are hitting. Like, I love music, I love movies, I love TV. I have never gone on Apple Music and downloaded like a playlist based on a uh, show until Big Little Lies. I was like, damn. So just because they like play good music yeah. on the episodes? And it's like a greatest hits of folk artists that I enjoy that I haven't listened to in years. Gotcha. Like the second season has a Sufjan or Sufjan Stevens song. Haven't Sufjan. Listened, haven't listened to that since like high school. And I was like, damn, I need to hear that again. This guy gets me. Yes. Uh, also, it's just done really well. I thought that it was like filmed really well, edited really well. Uh, you can't really go wrong with Nicole Kidman other than her decision to randomly be Australian and randomly not. Yeah, what is she? She's Australian. But, like, yeah, that she really is Australian. She's 100% Australian. Did she at some point have more of an accent than she used to, or she, she always had the accent? Always. Because obviously, like, a, like a Batman and shit like that, she didn't off. have. There are some words where, like, especially in Big Little Lies, I feel like she kind of has an accent, and then sometimes just doesn't. I think she's, like, getting, like, a hybrid, like, Keith Urban accent. I just think that it doesn't matter. <laughs> like... Who cares? Like her whole, uh, not the whole character, but like one of the big character parts is that she's exotic and just gorgeous out of like the world. So I feel like the fact that sometimes she says stuff that sounds American and sometimes she doesn't, I feel like that only aids to it. And it's also in this part of California where like, like, have you ever been to Monterey? No. Dude, you step foot in that area and you're just like, I'm poor. (laughs) I am poor. I am not worthy. I am not rich enough to be here. I went to a... Monterey, we clap like this. (laughs) I went to a... And I could be completely wrong. I've only ever been there twice. But I remember going to like a dive bar in Monterey late at night on a Saturday and it was fucking empty because there are no poor people to go to those types of things. Hmm. Uh, And I could be wrong. I could be assuming. But Euphoria. Oh my God, I cannot speak enough about that show. Yeah, you're very up on that. I bawled my eyes out to that finale yeah eight episodes it's one of those ones it's based on a book it's like requiem it, for a dream the it series could easily end at the end of this uh, or at the end of the finale they write it so if it ended you'd be okay with it mm-hmm. uh which i think is perfect because i think we live in an age where tv goes on for too long um but it is coming back for a second season it's massive it was way bigger. Like, it blew up. Dude, it's A24 and Drake. Yeah, it's like A24 TV. Yeah, the fuck. it's the first, I think it's the first TV thing A24 has done. 
Zendaya is amazing in it. Uh, there are a bunch of new actors and actresses that I have never seen before that are amazing in it. Mm. The cinematography is insane. If you uh, partake and then if you indulge and then pop it on, it's perfect. Like there are just there's such good, no pun intended, and for lack of a better word, euphoric elements to it that it is such a calming and fun watch for the most part. But then there's also like crazy sex stuff. Are they half hour episodes or full hour episodes? Full hour HBO. <sighs> so like Big Little Lies season two and Euphoria season one picked up that time slot where Barry and Game of Thrones used to be. Gotcha. So you know they were like, yo, we're popping everything into the this. The Game of Thrones and the Barry Veep. Yes. Back to back. Yes. Uh, so they put everything in and it was worth it. Uh, I did tell you I'll probably rewatch it again. I still think like we talked about it a little bit off pod. I don't know that you would like it, but I feel like there's enough going on. I always hearken back to Lady Bird because that was like one of the first movies we discussed where I could definitively be like, you don't like movies where nothing happens except for dialogue. Or like I had heard it wasn't just you. It was everyone yeah. was like, this movie's fucking great. And I go and see it. I'm like, oh, okay. That was like a thing that happened. I feel like I was just watching like a documentary and now it's over. Like, yeah. Huh. And that's essentially where I sit. Like I would love, I mean, I love me an action movie. I have watched the latest mission impossible in the past six months again for a second time. Uh, dude, how cool is those fucking so posters? Fucking sick, so <laughs> fucking sick. I showed my dad. He was pumped. Uh, we have a Plex account that we all share that Brian updates and keeps positive for us, which is sick. And he found a Reddit. It's a subreddit thread? called yeah, Plex you Posters. You could organize. I spent like four or five days organizing every movie that's on Plex into like their own collection. So there's like, have you looked at all the fucking art? I looked at some of it because I opened it up on his giant MacBook uh, or Mac Pro or whatever that thing, iMac. I'll go through them afterwards. Yeah. Some of them are just like, eh, like I, some of them are like preset, like side so made, like, oh, cool. Like someone made like a Rob Zombie one. So here's like this cool, yeah. everything aesthetically fits. And there's a couple I just made myself that I thought it was funny. It is a uh, film poster lover's wet dream. Yeah. Because so everything, everything looks uniform. Organized. Yep. Yep. So it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I've been downloading like, oh yeah. And I'm also I'm hoarding getting ready for October and like, okay, like I'm going to download all the Alien versus Predator kind of shit and yeah. things that we could potentially like do a single episode on like in, like we did last year with Halloween and shit. Yes. Like what's something we could do like a full like Franchise. retrospective yeah. on? Yeah, I think that that will be a good time um, once like the fall comes, everything kind of calms down and we can definitely dive way more into those franchise episodes. Yeah. But I also am pumped on the shoot the shit episodes because it does kind of just bridge the gaps. And then it also, I think, forces us to be more constructive and concentrated on our themed episodes. Like, oh, we're actually going to talk about this movie. Yeah. Versus being like 40 minutes of shit and 10 minutes of the movie. I think it also just gives, like, if you're a listener, which is rad, thank you. It gives you something to just be like, oh, yeah, I still am acquainted with these two human beings. Thank you so much. We should do another, whether we do hot ones or something, we should do another one like that where, where yeah, Lucy she keeps is being there. like, we need to do like a video thing again. Even if we don't do a video or if we do do, do, do a video, we should do it where it's like less, like if you're not watching, cause I feel like the hot one, this is so awesome. Hot one was a very visual. If you're not component. watching the vid- the video, like F off, which yeah. also the other reason I haven't really been watching movie or TVs, so many of the podcasts I thoroughly enjoy 
are now on YouTube and there's an actual video component where like if you're not watching the video, you're missing at least like 10% of the podcast. So time where I would normally watch a movie or a TV, I'm now spending like watching that podcast. The most heavily used app on this TV is YouTube. Yeah. That's something that has changed in the past year. That's all I've done. I'm just constantly like, I'll go through days where I'm just like, my watch later queue is so long that I just have to weed it out. Is there an NBA game in the kitchen or is Bowser just (laughs) squeaking? (laughs) It's just like squeaking (laughs) basketball shoes. I want to go with mommy and pug and eat food because it's six o'clock and meh. Dude, it is later than I expected. Yeah, I guess we should. Oh, I don't have my watch on. It's 616. Uh, but yeah, like 37 minutes. Damn. Yeah. Euphoria is really fucking good. If anybody wants to talk about Euphoria, let's talk about it, whether it's actually you want to talk about it or whether you want to discuss style versus substance, which is the only argument I saw that might hold water. But it's just a matter of like. It's very stylistic, even down to, like, the very end. It's one of those things where, like, storyline does matter, but at the same time, it kind of doesn't. Yeah. But it's a lot of fun, and one of my favorite types of art is one where it's like, here's a story that you can follow, and then here's a choose-your-own-adventure theme to it. (laughs) Also, it's one of the first... And this isn't spoiling anything. I'm not going to say it. It might spoil something. All right. But, yeah. I'll give it a shot, though. I would... It's perfect binge... Because it's not as much of a cliffhanger every episode. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like, here's a lot of information. Have fun. Um, and you could easily go through episode to episode to episode without even realizing. It's like very much like an elongated movie. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm three episodes into the new season of Glow. I need to and watch And so that. far, I like it more than the second season. Yeah, the second season. They're in season- Vegas now. Yeah. And do I always make a habit to like skip it, but I did rewatch the when you first click into season three, it gives you that like three minute like here's everything before Vegas, like a little recap yeah. video. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yep, forgot about that little subplot. Cool, now I'm good to go. I did get back into that habit, or not back into it. I did get into that habit because even when I was like um streaming and binging Stranger Things, I was like, Well, I've already seen those seasons, but those are good and even before shows, the like this this is what happened last week or before because often it's, yeah, it's pulling from stuff and sometimes even late or earlier episodes to be like, this is what this next episode's about to be, Bubby. That's probably it. The last, I just checked Letterboxd to see if there was a movie I'd seen. And the last one I watched was the David Harbour Hellboy when I was just randomly like, yeah, I haven't watched that yet. I'm anything. still like, oh yeah, I want to watch that eventually. I have been full on, like something is always on in my bedroom, but it's either G1, New Japan uh some other form of wrestling a youtube thing or like dan levitard because dan levitard has been crazy right now plus your girl's always on it katie nolan yeah yeah she's been everywhere because she took a vacation from her show or a hiatus from her show oh Jesus amiro is on hiatus right now for the month um i I think i need to spend august binging everything i need to catch up on because i feel like once september comes that's when like like the next influx of shit comes through and you're like ah fuck yep i need to just really hunker down hanker down all right so i'm going to attempt to watch euphoria and you will attempt to maybe get the boys in i'm I'm sure i can get the boys in because i do have those moments just like i did with the big little lies where i'm like this weekend my back hurts and i'm just gonna watch tv (laughs) no Welp, it's uh, it's been 6.20 on a Saturday night. We got some wrestling to watch and some drinks to drink and some doggies to feed. Yeah. 
So for all two of us here in central Jersey? Yeah. You can't even say south anymore. I am Brian Batiste. And I'm John Bradley, and my favorite thing of this week is the Impossible Whopper at Burger King if you get it without the mayo and then bring your own mayo. Do you like how if I like lead the the outro, we turn back into the end of Smarkville? Which I'm okay with. I feel like it bookends it. Yeah. It's also still so weird that I'm the one that starts this podcast. Yeah. Because Smarkville was so you. Welcome to the Shimmer. I still want to do, what was it, Sparkville? Is that what we called it? I think we called it Spark. Or split, not Spliffville, because I don't smoke spliffs. A sp- yeah, Sparkville. Sparkville, where we do like a three-hour podcast where we just keep indulging more and more and more. As we go. Yeah. Oh, this is dumb. Isn't it all like all cooking anymore? <laughs> all right, see you guys. Bye. Ooh. I wish I had a lighter with me so I could just play the little Wayne like. Little wheezy. She like me like a lollipop. <laughs>